Good morning, fellow students, and welcome to another episode of Legacy Weapon, your guide to the legacy format. I am Jamie. I'm Drew. And we have a great episode for you today. Are we going to talk about elves? I think we're going to talk about elves. We could talk about elves. Okay, yes. And we're actually we, going to do it this time. We yeah. are actually going to do it this time. We have been putting off doing part two of our two-part elf episode because we wanted to get on somebody who is an expert at the other flavor of elf. We have on the line Julian. Hello, Julian. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Julian is calling in from Germany. Uh, part of the problem is that I'm only free after 10 p.m. America time, which is about 4 a.m. for him. So I was problematic on scheduling. I'm glad we got you on. Yeah, I'm happy it worked out. We've been working on it for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. As listeners will realize, since we've had an awful lot of other episodes. <laughs> in the interim, Part yeah. one and part two of, of Elves. So we wanted to talk about um, more about Elves. This is part two of Elves. We went through, uh, for anybody who didn't listen to the first one, because, again, you, you like you like experiencing your life in your own temporal order. Uh, we talked about the standard elf list from about a year ago, which has been pretty tried and true, based on natural order, getting your big fatty out, trampling over everybody, army of dudes. It's, it's, it's a great deck. I love that deck so much. But there is an entirely new flavor of deck, uh, and Julian is an expert on it. Uh, Julian, why don't you tell us a little bit just about yourself? Uh, about myself, well, um, I'm 30 years old, I'm from uh northern suburb of Munich, and I've been playing, let's say, Magic since about Tempest, or the Saga, and competitive Magic since around 2005, which would have been around Meridian, no, actually, not after Meridian block, Ravnica, yeah. Yeah. Great, and, and I know I know that you play Legacy, hence why you're on here, it'd be a little strange if you didn't. <laughs> uh, what formats do you like? Um, like... My favorite format of the competitive formats is probably Legacy. Uh, mm-hmm. Another format I really enjoy that not a lot of people in the U.S. play, but which will probably take over at some point as well, uh, is French Commander. That's like oh, the yeah. dual Commander yeah. one. You, you might have heard about it. Like It's getting yeah. more popular by the day. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I also kind of enjoy Vintage. Like I actually used to be somewhat successful in Vintage, despite not really knowing a lot about the format. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I would say, like, all the, these eternal formats, that's where my heart lies. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, Drew got me into EDH a while back, and he has one deck that I call his French French uh, EDH deck because it's so mean that no group of people will ever play against him. <laughs> he, he, I, I've toned it down He's taken bit. out the yeah. 20 strongest cards, and we still still gang up on him whenever he brings us to the table. Cause it's not that bad, jeez. To be fair, it? we've never... Scion of Scion the Dragon. Dragon. Yeah. Okay, um, <laughs> I don't even know what the card does. <laughs> I, it's, it's probably not good. actually good in two-player. I'm not sure. Oh, it's murderous. It, well, I don't know. I mean, it's probably not. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's, pro- it's, it's probably not competitive, but it is meaner than we like to play. I guess. Okay. Anyway. Uh, uh, what we wanted to talk about, Chaos Elves. Tell us, what is Chaos Elves? Uh, Chaos Elves is an idea uh, that I had been entertaining for quite a while in late 2015, and... And which I actually put into a real deck by the end of January 2016. And the general idea is that you don't want order. You want chaos. Uh, as in, <laughs> you don't want natural order. Because even though I really, really like the card for the first, let's say, two, yeah, about the first two to three years that I've been playing as, I really like the deck. And all of my sidebar plans usually involved siding out glimpse and like bringing in progenitors and trying to natural order like I really wanted to. You you would bring in camera therapies and stuff to make sure that your natural order resolved. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, I realized 
that I was much more successful siding out natural order in about 75% of matchups. Like, I literally sided out against every blue deck except Tesserator and Merfolk. Those were yeah. the only two blue decks left where I would keep in natural order. And so a friend of mine, uh, Sebastian Bartel, who's also like a really, really good Elves player who just uh, top aided the Bazaar of Mox in Strasbourg, he had the same idea. So by the end of January, he, he showed me a list that he had created and it also didn't have natural order. So I was like, oh my God, if he, he has come to the same conclusion, uh, maybe I should really just give it a try. So I played it in the next Bazaar, uh, in the next Magic Card Market series in Milan in Italy and ended up taking it out down the tournament. And thus the birth of Chaos Elves, pretty much. I, I remember when I first heard about this from you, I, I think my response was the word blasphemy and an indeterminate <laughs> number of exclamation points. Uh, because, <laughs> well, when you're playing with normal natural order elves, a high percent of your games end with natural order. You know, especially game one, your 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 turn three wins are generally big old natural order. Your it's, it's a, As somebody playing against the elf deck, natural order is the card that you're like freaking out again, like trying to prevent the other guy from playing. Right. right? I, I mean, like as a Maverick player, I'm like trying to get in Gaddock Teague and it like just to keep you from playing natural order. And, and I so. know, I, I mean, a, a year ago, or I guess two years ago now, there was a big discussion because natural order had been a three of because you'd never wanted more than two in your hand, and it was decided it was so good you needed to play four main board, and I only owned three. Yeah. So was, and now maybe the right number but, is zero. Which is a departure. Now the right number is zero. Oh, why did I buy that natural order? Gosh. Before a replay, too. Uh, so what do you gain from taking out natural order? Uh, you think you're signing it out. So, so yeah, exactly. What, yeah. What benefit do you get? Because there's a lot of upside, at least in some matchups, and it felt, feels like in game ones especially, having it in there. Uh, what do you gain taking it out? Yeah. To, to me, the big gain is... To not have it in the first place. <laughs> to, to, <laughs> Addition not, by subtraction. Like, not, not, yeah, uh, not having to side it out every time. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a pretty big game to me. But you mentioned that it's really good in the first game, and I agree to that. Um, that's the reason why it stayed in the main deck for so long and never re- really showed up in the sideboard. Like, sometimes you would have to fourth copy in the sideboard if you wanted to get progenitors. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time, like, natural order isn't something that you side into. It, it, if only, like... Yeah, there, there could be a scenario, but you don't. Um, so I agree that it's a really great strategy in the first game against quite a lot of decks, but it's already kind of sketchy against both Delva and, uh, like, especially against Miracles, it can be really hard. Like, if you, let's say you even resolve it and you get to attack and they terminus you, there's usually no coming back from that. Like, even if you get to another natural order, like, you need three creatures with natural order to attack for 16, otherwise you're just attacking for 10 or 11 if you have, like, a Nettle Sentinel. So, it's really, really risky. And I, like, my impression has been that you don't need, like, that. that's the big idea. You don't need to take this risk. Your deck is still good enough to grind out pretty much anyone. Like, you have probably the most busted card advantage engine with uh, Heritage, uh, mm-hmm. with Bible Symbiote and Elvish Missionary, on top of Glimpse, which will always just draw you at least... At least draw you a card. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and you, you're always going to risk Glimpse. Yeah, your, your Glimpses get better, not with, not with uh, Natural Order out, because then that's four dead cards taken out of the deck. It's crazy, and I've, I've been playing around with it with mixed results, and it it's very strong. And my Glimpses are better now. They, yeah. they just feel more reliable... Uh, than they used to be. Yeah, yeah, that's another aspect, I guess. It's it just, overall, the deck flows better. It, it just mm-hmm. feels better. 
So what cards uh, do you take out versus kind of the stock natural order list, and, and which ones do you put in? Uh, natural uh, order, obviously. Other than the natural order, obviously. Yeah. Other than natural order, um, if we look at the stock stock list, we uh, definitely take out the second dry at Arbor, because mm-hmm. at this point you only need it for Green Sun Senate. Uh, whereas in the natural order list, you wanted it to to be like this uncounterable, unremovable creature that you can fetch for, and then you have priority, and you can cast natural order right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need that anymore, and so you repla- replace it depending on what you like, either with like another basic land. But most of us, we have replaced it with a cavern of souls, and we also cut the ninth fetch land that a lot of people used to run and put in a second cavern of souls, actually. Because the deck is really very much about uh, abusing Viable Symbiote, so you want to make sure that when you repeatedly cast your elves, they are going to result at least a couple of times. Like, sometimes you have to cast it without Cavern because it's sapped, but at that point you will already have gotten, like, quite a lot of value. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. As for other cards, um, in the natural orders, most people used to run only three Heritage Truth, so that didn't really change. Uh, what we did is we cut the fourth Quarian Ranger, which hurts because the card is still like, very good, but you don't need to, like, sometimes with Kirin Ranger, you really want it to um, just untap a creature post-natural order, so you can have one more attacker, and mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need that that much anymore. So that's another card that we cut from the main deck. And, yeah, so these are the cards that we cut, and mm-hmm. what we that added... That's a lot of slots. That's a lot of slots right there we're talking about. So what do you add back in? Um, most people already had, like, if you weren't running the fourth natural order, you, you were already running Rents from Packmaster. And mm-hmm. if you didn't, you definitely do it in Chaos Elves because it's such a great mana sink and it sometimes even feels like the most dominant creature anyone could ever play in Legacy aside from maybe Gristlebrand. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, wow, that's, that's high praise. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, hey, oh, pro tip, don't play Rents from Packmaster if you only have one elf. It's a terrible idea. Bad things are going to happen when they kill the one elf that you have, and then your end zone's pack masters also oh, die. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. True. Pro, that's true. pro tip, kids. I <laughs> I would never have let that happen. In event. No. You'd be surprised how many people actually pick up the pack master and read it, and then yeah. just resolves. And then they, with the trigger on the stack, they solve the plowshare as the pack master instead of the elf. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so another card that we added that uh, helped me out quite a lot in a couple of events was Get Up Teak uh, in the main deck, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which can sometimes just randomly steal uh, a game on turn two. Like, yep, it's a great card. You, you virtually have five Get Up Teaks that you can play on the second turn if you if you have a turn one accelerator, of which the deck at least has eight, sometimes more, depending on what your draw looks like. Um, it Yeah, that's just a really great card, both against... Well, it's not that good against Miracles, honestly, and I try to play it later on in the matchup because early on it will just eat the sorts of plushies right away. But yeah. it's still quite good. It's yeah. But and it's not blocking your natural orders anymore because you're not playing those. Yeah, yeah. It's not blocking natural orders. It still blocks the senates, which is fine. Yeah. Because in the matchups that where you really want to get Gadok, you don't care whether your senate is blocked now. Right. Because you've already you've already almost won the game because Gaddock Teague is on the battlefield. Yeah, the, I remember in the finals of the Magic Card Market uh, Milan series, uh, in the first game game I actually went turned to Gaddock Teague and the guy just looked at it and said that's a problem and scooped. <laughs> <laughs> what was he playing with yep. Storm? I, I, Storm? I, I, I have had that happen with Storm, uh, where it, you know yeah. he, he won game one and game two. I think I won and game three. I just played that turn two and he walked away. 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I suggest that the flavor text of Garotik should be that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, the the uh, the Galaxy even saw uh, maybe different where you were, but where I was, uh, fringe play even the natural order list just because when it's good, it's so good, um, yeah. and and that was when it was blocking your natural orders. So it seems pretty nice and and even easy to add in there. So now you have the white splash, which is again pretty easy. You know, our our, our mana base is not exactly hard in elves as far as the uh, having green mana available. And in, a, in an absolute pinch, you can play Cavern of Souls naming, naming Kithkin. Or Advisor, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Advisor, yeah. I think right. it, it, it's even Mind Sensor an Advisor, because we were thinking about playing I think it is, sensor. yeah. yeah. And in advisor that case, Tribal. Exactly. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I mean, you're saying Druid, Shaman, Advisor yeah. Tribal. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, another thing Gadot does that's quite interesting, it's not actually good, and it's not the reason why it's there, but in the mirror match, it actually blocks your opponent's natural orders, which right. can win games yeah. and has yes, won games yeah. in the past. <laughs> and right. that's, yeah, that's just something that's cute. <laughs> so from the list that we're looking at here, I'm also seeing uh, a Shaman of the Pack, which I don't think is a natural order inclusion. That's, a, that, that's, that's the win condition for the modern version of Elves. But apparently <laughs> it's available in Legacy, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, when... When I first talked about Chaos Elves, a lot of people thought that it was meant to abuse Shaman of the Pack, uh, which yeah. is not the point. Like as I mentioned earlier, the the real point is not having natural order, but having Shaman of the Pack gives you quite a lot of reach, and mm-hmm. it it just does this thing that natural order elves isn't really capable of, outside of like glimpse turns where you uh, that's why Shaman your opponent uh, for like twenty life or something. Um, right. Shaman of the Pack makes it much easier. To get around, uh, mostly Glacier Chasm, but also like random stuff like Blazing Archon or not being able right. to attack into Grizzlebrand. And sometimes it's just really a guy that's 3 2 for 2, uh, for 3, that gives you a huge tempo swing, uh, life point sure. Like, it, it, if you're in a race situation, having, uh, uh Shame of the Pack and Violet Symbiot would probably win you the game. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've I hadn't def- even thought about that. I've yeah, definitely that's... won one game from behind by just throwing down the turn before I was about to lose him for 15. I've done that once. And, uh-huh. I've, def- and I've definitely ground one game out where I had Wirewood Symbiote, him, I think maybe one other elf, maybe, and a Cavern of Souls. So just every turn I was bouncing him and replaying him for like two damage each time. I, I, I don't want to quibble here. Shaman the Pack is clearly a her if you look at the art. Is clearly. It? Let me see. Yes. Right, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. You're wrong. Clearly. Anyway, I, I, carry I, I on. always thought Sorry. it was like the animal was the shaman and the other guy was just an elf. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, the art is uh yeah. Since our, our viewers obviously aren't uh, looking at this, there's, yeah, there's an elf with a sort of a glowing spear on top of some sort of antelope creature or something. Yeah. Well, what are those called? Because they're they're from uh from they're from Alara. No, 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 they're from Lorwyn. They're from Lorwyn. No, they gotta be Lorwyn, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I, I don't, is there a name for that? An ugly horse. <laughs> An awesome we, horse. We, we've got ugly horse and derpy swan. I, I, I love the creatures <laughs> in that. Yeah. Um, one more thing about Shaming of the Pack uh, that I only discovered while playing with it. It's surprisingly good against miracles. Um, so what you do with it, uh, or let's say one problem is even if you get a glimpse turn, Eventually, you will have to attack, at which point your opponent will just shut you down with Terminus, uh, and then you just pass the turn, and it, it really sucks. Or maybe you play a land and a creature and you pass the turn. 
with, with Shaman, you don't really need to attack. Like, you can force the Terminus on your main mm. phase. And Which puts the Shaman back in your deck, so you can green Sinzi and floor it again. <laughs> yeah, you can also do that later on. But uh, one big thing is, you still have mana floating. Like, you didn't go right. to combat, you still have all your mana floating. Ah. And if you got a glimpse going, you can just continue the glimpse chain. Like, you don't even care about the Terminus. I, I've won at least five or six games on the same turn where my, uh, my opponent cast Terminus. Uh, that feels pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so you, you, you play that yeah. halfway. You know, you, you look at it and you think, oh, I'll do a big glimpse chain and then do this at the end for all of the damage. But, you know, you're, you're saying do it like halfway through or do it as soon as it's lethal just so that if they have an answer, you still have momentum to just keep on glimpsing. Yeah, exactly. That that's. I mean, you can do the same with Reclamation Sage, depending on the situation, uh, mm. by Reclamation Saging the top and forcing them to do it. But ah. that still loses to to brainstorm and like if they have a second yeah. top, it also doesn't really help you. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, I like that. Uh, so there's also in the list we have here, which I want to point out, is 58 cards. So oh, there's two there's bachelor ranchers missing. Oh, okay, that makes sense. All right. Um, we will post that list in the Derbly show notes. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get it back up to 60. We, yeah. we, we don't want any DQs around here. Right, <laughs> yeah, that's no, yeah. Um, don't you rely, yeah, register exactly this list and, and lose every game. Uh, but, and then there's there's one copy of Crater Hoof Behemoth, which, so that's obviously the, the classic natural order target. Are you able to hard cast Crater Hoof? Is that something that happens in a lot of games? A lot, yeah, a real lot. Okay. We even Guys had, uh, yeah, we even <laughs> had uh, in the earlier versions of the deck, we had crop rotation in the main, so we could cradle into cradle to make sure that we'd have enough mana if we had crop in hand. But yeah. it always felt like the weakest card in the deck, and the main reason we had it was because we wanted Caracas in the sideboard. Uh, mm. But it's just, like, it got sided out so many times that we figured we'd just go with the natural hardcast Behemoth. We don't need a second cradle, and if we need one, we'll hopefully just gonna draw one. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, okay. Before I I I I got into Legacy because I had three cradles, and so for a while I was playing three cradles and two crop rotations. If you end up running a list with crop rotation, it it feels good. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see why. Now I I I saw this list when I saw the crop rotation in there, and I thought it was most useful in getting Cavern of Souls because you know of counterbalance locks and everything. Is that not really the, the useful place for it? Well, mm, when I had. Reputation, I would side it out against Mercus because there's so many stuff, uh, so many things that you can bring in, and you have to cut something. And mm-hmm. Reputation could be a problem because against Mercus, you're also siding out some uh, a number of Gaius traders, and you're already quite low on mana. And I'm sometimes even siding out Renstron Packmaster because it's just a four mana creature, and sometimes when you're on the draw, it really doesn't cut it. So mm-hmm. I'd rather not expose another one of my uh, lands to something that's easily countered by counterbalance. Well, right, because if you're trying to get it, use it to get out of the counterbalance lock, that's I feel like that's not you don't want a one mana spell that's going to get you out. of I the mean, you could do it proactively, but it's still awkward because then you like you don't have cut up mana for your non-creature spells. Uh, and then if they counter it, I mean, you're, I, you're getting blown out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, a c- couple of the difference I had seen. Um, I, there, there's Pendlehaven in the main, which I, I think we talked about. Did we talk about that, Drew? I think we did. I think we did. Um, and, and I, I know you, you had talked about how it was kind of optional in Natural Order Elves, or I had heard somebody talk about that, but how it's really important here. Uh, and is that kind of still true with this build? Yeah, yeah, very much. Uh, I, I wish Pendlehaven wasn't legendary. It 
because then I would la- run like three copies or something. It's yeah. really ridiculous. Um, because you're not doing this, this whole combo thingy, except for maybe Glimpse, uh, you're mostly grinding out your opponents. And if you look at Legacy, you see a lot of one-twos. You see Stoneforge, you see Deathrite, you even see um, Snapcaster Matrix, which are two ones, which are like all solved in a way by Pendlehaven, by turning your one ones mm-hmm. into two threes that, and allowing them to, to compete. Uh, sometimes Pendlehaven will deal 10 damage over the course of two turns by just right. allowing you to attack where you otherwise couldn't attack. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, if you've got four one ones and they've got a Snapcast, uh, you know, a, a, a one two, you might not have a good way to attack into that, but just having that there sitting there saying, you know, which, which one do you want to block? They, they won't, <laughs> right. they won't block anything. So that's part that's right. great. Um, and you, you had mentioned, uh, Caracas, which I, I know we've talked about a bit. Uh, that used to be in the deck and now isn't? Um, it, right now, uh, Sebastian and I, we don't have it. Uh, that's just like a preference. Like, mm-hmm. every time you, you, you create a sideboard, it's, a reflection of what you expect to face in the tournament and which decks you want to be good against. And right. even though I'd love to have it, to have something against Reanimator, uh, but also Lance, um, there are other more pressing issues that we wanted to address in the sideboard. But like, if your meta is uh, plagued by Legends, then Caracas can definitely help you out. Now, one thing against Lance that you should be careful of careful. is not just to like play out the Caracas and hope that you will get them with a token, because that never works. You actually have to crop rotate into the Caracas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they've got so much land removal. Exactly. Yeah. They've got wastelands, ports. Yeah. Um, yeah. Usually, sometimes in ghost quarters, yeah. yeah. It's, right. Exactly. All right, well, so, um, and, and I saw on the list that we're going to post, um, one thing that I found interesting, even though, you know, to our listeners, it may be a very, very minor change, um, abrupt decay in the main rather than in the side. Yeah, that's something uh, Basti and I arrived on independently from each other, like, I don't know, one week before the South Moxon. I had tried out a list that played three abrupt decays in the main. He sent me a list that played two abrupt decays in the main. And, yeah, I didn't have the the, the bars to actually run that list because I hadn't test, uh, <clears throat> tested it a lot in Strasbourg, but he did, and he did quite well with it. And there were, uh, like, a lot of people who were blown out by abrupt decay in the main. And the reasoning is... Um, or let's say the general deck building philosophy is that if you have a card in the sideboard, that's also good in the main, like kinda. Putting it into the main suddenly gives you these, or in this case, two more sideboard slots. And sideboard slots, yeah. uh, you can't overvalue sideboard slots, or undervalue, no, actually, overvalue sideboard slots, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're important. Yeah, very important. Like, Giving you additional sideboard slots will help you out so much, and we figured that Abrupt Decay, especially in the current meta, is like a great choice where you want to like fight both Chalice and uh, Counterbalance. Uh, so yeah, that's a card we put in the main with like pretty good results thus far. The, the the list that I was running you know a year or two ago, I actually for for reasons, um, one of which that I only have three natural orders, I did have one Abrupt Decay main and then a few in the sideboard, and. At the time, I don't know if it was really the right choice for that list or not, but the surprise factor, because no one expected that to be main board. It was wonderful to see the look on their face. It was, it was a good yeah. feeling. And uh, Armageddon in the sideboard, that was surprising to me, though it does make a lot of sense. Also Ravages of War, which is like Armageddon number two. Yeah, that's just Busty Spade to show off that he has a Ravages of War. <laughs> Ravages of War. <laughs> it's exactly the same card, just a, a portal reprint that's like, what? Well, Several hundred dollars. Better for Cabal Therapy Defense. Come on. 
Sure, also, right. Or, I guess meddling mage, yeah. Meddling mage, yeah, yeah right. Secret tech. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so does, is that is this is that the answer to lands? The is that the the Armageddon and the ravages and the sideboard? Is uh, that, like, that's yeah, something or? that I toyed around with like a week or two before uh, Grand Prix Prague, and yeah. it was surprisingly good against Miracles. Like that that's the main deck it was meant for. Mm-hmm. Um, just to because I'm, I'm a, so I'm a Maverick player and I have. I think two copies of Armageddon in my sideboard because I don't own a copy of Ravages of War. And right, Miracles, it's fantastic there. It just wins the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Especially if you, you if you think about it. Like, I can. Yeah. In elves, you have that much mana. You can usually cast it, then make your yeah. land drop, and then play two elves. And if yeah. you pay attention to what your opponent is doing, they might not even have a land in hand, at which point the game is pretty much over. Pretty much over, yeah. yeah. And even that, if they've got a top, they can't activate it. Yeah. So... Yeah, and if they like, if they spent the next two or three turns activating top, you might just overwhelm them. Right, that's gonna be way too slow. You're just gonna beat them to death with your nettle sentinels. So. Yeah, but yeah. also, like you mentioned, it's good against lands. Like sometimes you get into these situations where it's very hard to get out of, and Armageddon is kind of a reset button. Like it's still problematic mm-hmm. if they have Mox Diamond and Exploration, but suddenly you're at least back into the game. And if you have, let's say, that's what Shaman that can eat the Tabernacle right away or mm-hmm. something similar. You you get to play the game again, um, yeah. But the main right. the main application is because of miracles. Yeah, great. Uh, cool. it, it, is that, is that everything on the list, Drew? You've got the list there in front of you. Yeah, that's and that's everything from the main board. And we've we've now gotten into the uh, into the sideboard. The uh, so are we going to keep going through the sideboard? Is there anything new in the sideboard? Uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I. I don't remember the sideboard as well as you do. So, all right, well, I'll just read the sideboard, and you can tell me what's different. Uh, there are three Thoughtseize, three Cabal Therapy, two Surgical Extraction, which I feel like might be a variation, uh, two Pithing Needles, the aforementioned uh, Armageddon and Ravages, uh, two more Abrupt Decays, that gets you up to four total in the 75, and then uh, Garrick Relentless. Ooh, Garrick Relentless. I wanted to ask you about that, because uh, you have been posting online, and you, you convinced me enough that I talked Drew into trading me his, but I have not been playing it yet. So I want to hear more about that. <laughs> it's the best Planeswalker out of Legacy, <laughs> kind of. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's the best non-blue Planeswalker these days okay. in Legacy. Liliana the Veil might beg to differ. She can try. Nahiri is an up-and-comer. She's trying to... She's scrappy. Yeah. I've lost to her in Modern that many times, but... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if she's going to make it. Well, that's why she's the underdog. That's why she's scrappy. She's right. Like, she's got yeah. the eye of the tiger. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's okay. I got the wolves. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and the whole rest of the body too. Yeah. Right. So you, you you just plop it down as a must answer threat that just keeps filling up the board, I guess. Right. Do you ever do you ever really flip it? Do you use its other abilities, or is it yeah. really just a hard to kill wolf factory? Uh, <laughs> um, I do flip it like. The, the matchups that you bring it in most of the time are either fair matchups where you just want another guy that's like hard to answer because like most of the fair decks that bring in hate bears uh, like containment priest or ethos one cannonist or what have you and character relentless is just something um, that abuses elf's ability to put down a planeswalker technically as soon as the second turn but most of the time like on the third turn and it's a really big answer me guy like uh, against Miracles, it's one of the worst nightmares because he's so hard to kill, especially once you have a property case, so they, they can't wear tears, uh, they can't terminus mm-hmm. it. Like, you can try terminus, uh, on the wolves, which will work, but it's still quite hard for them to, to get it. And, it's also great, like... Renslin Packmaster gives all the devs 
the wolves. Yeah, that's something that some of my opponents have actually missed because they thought, oh, only the wolves made by Renzo and Packmaster. Now it's like all my wolves. Um, yeah, it's also a good card <laughs> to bring in against Shardless, where uh, the matches also get like quite grindy, and right. where you want a threat that's that's rather hard for them to remove. And sometimes just like playing Garrick Relentless on the third turn and shooting the Death Rod Shaman gives you uh, like a real big advantage. Sure. And yeah. Once it flips. Uh, I'm actually not that happy about the Death Touch Wolves being 1-1, because suddenly you've got this 1-1 problem again where they die to Gogari Charm, which, thank God, isn't played that much anymore. Um, and I think I have yet to actually use the the minus ability on the flip side where you can tutor for a creature. I think I've I've gotten Kratov Beomoth once, once and killed him, but most of the time, once it's flipped, you just make 1-1 Death Touch Wolves, which isn't the worst. No. No. Okay. But... Well, good. Uh, before we move on, I do want to uh, thank our sponsor. Artificial Evolution Incorporated wants to help you with all of your needs. Are you feeling like you just don't have enough arms? Are you feeling like your hair should be able to ride around like a snake? Are you thinking that you really just you don't have enough arms? You need some more arms. Artificial <laughs> Evolution Incorporated wants to help you out with that. We are dedicated specialists. Might be maniacs, but they're your maniacs. At our dedicated facility in Tuscaloosa, California, you can come in and have a spa treatment that will remove your legs and give you extra arms instead. Also, <laughs> have you ever decided that you want to be an elf? Now you can be an elf. Do you want to be a brushwag? You can be a brushwag. Do you want to be a Uncle Istav? You can't. That's not a thing anymore. You don't get to do that anymore. Artificial Evolution Incorporated for when you really, you really, you really need more arms. That sounds like an ad from Fallout 4. <laughs> <laughs> well, <you laughs> well, the, the extra arms are a little inspired by, you know, our, our favorite new set and all of our, you know, extra-limbed <laughs> listeners out there on Innistrad. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are um, dozens of those. Uh, yeah. We, one thing which we would have talked about last time, but you know we didn't really have time. We wanted to get in more. But why pick elves? Like who is elves for? You know, which people should play it? What kind of metas should you play it in? Why would I want to play elves besides the fact that it's the best deck? Um, mostly because like you really enjoy playing magic. The thing is, <laughs> um, elves is really a deck that allows you to play magic, and it it never gets old because there's only like all these different lines and all these different branches that you have to think ahead in. Uh, it's not like, let's say, oops, all spells, but just probably like a bad example because it's very one-dimensional. One but the thing about elves is you can just sit down and play a game with your friends and you will just enjoy it most of the time unless the matchup is like really very much in your favor. But there are a couple, but not all of them. And and winning uh, is fun too. Like winning is fun also. So that's <laughs> nice also. A good bonus. Yeah, well, and from I, a competitive, yeah. Oh, I was just say, I agree on the fun aspect. Um, my my first legacy deck was uh, Manila Stretch, which we haven't really talked about yet. But it's it's very very linear. It plays out pretty much the same way every time. It it has two ways to win, but they both are pretty similar, and it's almost like playing solitaire. And it was just so boring. I still ha I still own the cards well, for it, but I I haven't picked it up in a year just because you quit you quit playing it because you're playing it against me and. I was either getting a Deathrite Shaman or a Scavenging Ooze on turn two pretty much every game. There was that also. But and I, I also I, I stopped messing around with it. I stopped looking at it just because it was really boring to play with. It was either I win or I lose 
almost a coin flip, and you didn't you you weren't even playing Johnny Magic. You were kind of just following okay. following yeah. instructions. Um, yeah. This one. I love it, and I don't think I'll ever get bored with elves because you know sometimes you win by beating down with one ones and two twos. Sometimes you do it by grinding out twenty card draws off of spells. Sometimes you do off creatures. Sometimes you're destroying what they have. Sometimes you're playing discard. Sometimes you're comboing out on turn three because you're really good at planning things out. You you got to work for the edges, but you know there's mm-hmm. like seven different ways to win and about seven ways to get there. So you can play fifty games and have them all be different. Yeah. Love it. So, competitively wise, who would want to play else? Um, the person who likes poker. That's <laughs> what I always compare elves against. Um, because the thing about elves is, just like with Infect, your opponent never knows whether you're going to kill him on the next turn or just <laughs> cast an elfish missionary. Like the the hidden information game in elves is like very pronounced. Uh, because the the variance between what you're going to do, are you just going to like draw a card in the next turn and pass, or are you going to attack for 500? They don't know, and unless they get to look at your hand, they won't know. Uh, they can pick up on a couple of tails, and you can play with that by like giving away tails that signal like strength. strength. So they will play a more conservative yeah. game, even though it actually ends up hurting them, because they just have to respect your ability to kill out of nowhere. And that gives you like a bigger edge then just by looking at the cards in your hand, you should actually have. And that's something I really enjoy. And that's also like, I don't want to call it bluffing because it feels a bit, I don't know, superficial to call it bluffing. It's actually like on a deeper strategical level. Uh, I, I think I think bluffing just has a just gets a bad rap. I mean, I think a bluff is a really high level strategic play. But, you know, people think of it as just kind of like, yeah, something you just, you do because you you don't have it. Well, no, it's this is how you get there is is, yeah. is by bluffing. Yeah, people think bluffs are gimmicky, I guess, but right. uh, like they have a purpose and they have a place in a time when like where you should use them in order to also like set, set up like I don't know get a certain image across that your opponent yeah. will be scared of. And yeah, that's something that happens a lot in elves. And even when your hand is bad, think about it from your opponent's side. You just kept the seven card hands of elves on the play. He's fucking scared. So <laughs> play accordingly. Yeah. Well, and, and and for for example, something which you know technically I guess you might call it a bluff, but it doesn't really seem like a bluff. If I've got a deathrite shaman in hand and I know that you know his graveyard is very relevant, um, uh, but uh, but maybe not going to win on turn one. So a very specific situation. But I, you can tell me if this is right or wrong. I might play out a nettle sentinel turn one, and he'll well, probably stare at it. Yeah, and then a Birchlow Ranger turn two, he's going to kill one of them, and then I have my Deathrite Shaman, the thing I actually wanted to get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah it, that, it, that's it, like advanced because you already like think about your role in the matchup and stuff, and that's something that will really like reward you once you get to learn how to play the deck and how all the matchups works. Uh, seeing these things uh, will actually get you quite far ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it used to be how to how to bait out their their. Um, Force of will before natural mm-hmm. ordering, and now at least you don't have quite that much because you know you, you know better better than anybody. Get, getting your natural order counter just hurts. I mean, you, you, you got to do it sometimes, but it hurts. Yeah, um, it's no, a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. So, what yeah. what decks is it good against, and what decks is it bad against? Like, what kind of meta is it good and bad against? He, Jamie asks, fearing the answer. Um, it depends. Like. Specifically talking about Chaos Elves, I would say it's still good against, like, most of the fair decks. Um, so, 
I think you're ahead against most of the non-blue decks and just trying to come up with something that's maybe not a good matchup. Like Belcher, okay, Belcher is quite... Like, if you have an, an okay sideboard, it's slightly unfavorable for you, I guess, but that's okay. And Belcher's pretty fringe, I mean, but... yeah. I guess it's it shows up yeah. every now and then. Like overall, it just like it preys on the decks that allow you to do your thing. And mm-hmm. even if your thing is just casting like average visionary twice a turn, uh, you will just get there. So, and in the long run, elves usually wins. Uh, you you got a problem against lands of the like if lands has the, like people are asking me a lot about lands versus elves, and I think that uh, lands is favored because if both decks have the best possible hands, lands will always win. And that kind of like also works like with lower hands and if your hand is a bit weaker, but if Lance's hands is also a bit weaker, as long as they get turn one punishing fire or at least turn two punishing fire on the draw, you are going to be in trouble. And that's why I'd rather not play against Lance with elves, but mm-hmm. it's certainly doable. Um, that's where it's really favored is that in Texas. Even though they like they get new toys all the time, um, all these new hate bears like Container Priest and all the new Thalia and stuff uh, are coming out, which can make the matchup more difficult, but it's still like favorable for you. Another re- like yeah. a, a lot better with the, with the no natural order though. Containment Priest doesn't hurt nearly as much anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing is, uh, I think it's still about the same because sometimes they would have these these draws that restrict your. Um, Ability to use glimpse, like either Swan Cannonist or Spread mm-hmm. of the Labyrinth, at which point it's greater of natural order. But it's also kind of like a gamble that both of you can't really, like, you have to get lucky for them to have the wrong hate pairs. And at that point, you can still just hard cast your Crowd of Behemoth, which happened quite a lot post board against Death in Texas. And now you only got a single Crowd of. So, yeah, it's, it's about the same. Mm-hmm. Um, the most important thing is, since they lack mass removal, is to just get, like, a quick start and get far ahead, uh, up until turn three or something. At which point everything will just sort itself out. And you can even, like, at that point you can even just, like, take one or two chip swings, and it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, as for decks, where it's really good against, I would say, Murfolk, Stacks, or Mud, and, yeah, the Texas, we already had that. And then there's probably a couple of decks that I'm forgetting because so they're the, not really played a lot anymore. The, the two I'd want to yeah, ask about in particular because I, I took your, your, your list from, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago, uh, out for a spin on Magic Online. And about three-fifths of my games were against Miracles and another one-fifth was Eldrazi, which I won some of both of those games, but those were always difficult. And I, I don't think I had a winning record. Again, I mean, I'm newer with the deck. That's probably more my failing than the decks. But what are your thoughts on those two matchups uh, with, with Chaos Elves versus Natural Order, Elf versus just how to, we, how to beat that? Because you have uh-huh. been, I have heard you referred to by other people as the Elf player who can beat Miracles. <laughs> I actually beat Miracles <laughs> four times in a league last night to, to go four and one. I only lost to Fokal alone. <laughs> but that, that's not the norm. You, you will still lose your fair share to uh, Miracles. But I actually believe that post-board, um, like with typical lists, not like Miracle lists geared towards Fs, with typical Miracles lists, no matter whether I have Mentor or not, uh, I think you're actually favored post-board against them. Uh, you're not... F- you're probably not favored uh, in the first game, which is kind of a problem because overall the matchup at that point is probably about even, maybe slightly unfavorable, I don't know, or maybe slightly favorable even. Um, 
And I remember Cho, uh, Cho Lossard actually making a tweet after he, he saw one of the lists I played. Um, Barry mentioned that he really thinks that at this point Miracles might actually be at a disadvantage against Elves. And wow, that's 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 high that's, 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 that's strong. <laughs> one of the top, if not the top, miracles player out there. So that's that's high praise coming from him. Yeah, I guess uh, because like he's seen all this hate that I've had from miracles for quite a while. And there was a time in 2014 where I would actually bring in 50 dedicated anti-miracles cards, and he he uh, legitimately made fun of it. Like he he definitely had a reason to make fun of that because it was pretty stupid. It was just like, I hate showing. <laughs> well, I mean, Miracles has been at times as high as 20% of the metagame, and if it's a bad matchup for you, I mean, it probably should, you know, dominate your sideboard, but f- 15 cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah it had like all this crazy <laughs> stuff, and then it had like two bitter blossoms, and I don't remember. <laughs> well, uh, okay. that, that's, that's, wow, that's, that's going well, deep. No, no, I mean, well, yeah, no, that's bad. No, that's bitter Blossom's a good card. I would love to have an excuse to play Bitter Blossom and Legacy. So that's, now, that's, s- that's some cards that I had seen um, that, that aren't in your list. Uh, Sylvan Library and Choke, are, the, are those those out? Yeah. Because those uh-huh. have been kind of things to bring in against Miracles. So, uh, but but I'm losing with them, so may- maybe you have better plans. So the two chokes, uh, that's pretty much the two uh, Armageddon slash Ravages of War slots, where you can also play choke instead. Uh, mm-hmm. Choke is slightly less powerful against Miracles. Uh, it's pretty hit or missy. Like, sometimes you, you just really, really get them with it, and sometimes you play it on turn two, and they don't remove it for five turns, and you still lose. Uh, then mm-hmm. you hate life, and yeah. you want to go home. Uh <laughs> Yeah. The big upside of Choke is that it's so good against all these Grixis Diabolists. Like, if yeah. you can land on a Grixis Diabolist... You any lands that are not... I mean, except for fetches and wastelands, they have no lands that are not. Exactly, islands. and they can't even remove it. It's it's such a good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do, I guess... Do they not play Abrupt Decay? Uh, most Grixis Diabolists don't. At least, I, yeah. like, sometimes they do. I guess you're right. Do, do it's more like... Are, are, are are you aware what Grixis is? Which colors are in Grixis? True. Well, they play Dothra. They play Dothra. It's really like it, they, it's it's four color. Oh, okay. Really. okay. That deck plays okay. Dothra. They have they have a tropical. Yeah. I, 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 mean, I had to say uh, I had to say it before the internet did. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, people have been using Grixis Diver and four color Diver interchangeably, and I have to admit I did the same. But I think yeah. if you call it if you actually call it four color Diver, it's a more aggressive kind of it's okay. Let's let's put it like this: Grixis Diver is a Grixis deck that sometimes or that does splash green for Deathwatch Chamber activation. Right, Very, right. tiny exactly. Splash. Whereas um, Four Color Diver is Rock Diver that splashes black for a couple of black cards, and okay. that's how I look at it. Because Four Color Diver, you will usually have Tarmogoyfs, uh mm-hmm. and yeah, go for right. something more aggressive. The, the Grixis. That yeah. makes sense. Okay. okay. I, 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 yeah, I guess I, I feel like I've seen, I've seen those terms used so interchangeably. It seems like that, that makes sense. That breakdown makes sense. But I feel like most people do not use those terms rigorously. They just kind of interchange them. So, um, yeah. you also okay, about, that makes sense is why like you say Grixis Delver. They really would not have, uh, abrupt decay because those lists really do have one green source. I mean, they um, still might have some green cards in sideboard once you've got access to it. Especially if those yeah. are cards that are good against decks that don't have wasteland. And if they are, like, high-impact cards, then why not? Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, a perfect case seems like one of those you might bring in. Um, but anyway, we don't yeah. ask. Um, well, I, is there anything else that you want to talk about, uh, about the deck, about tricks, playing uh, things you should know, your experiences? Uh, we want to move on and do a little bit of um, mulligan or keep 
discussion. Yeah, uh, just hand. one thing you you asked about Seven Library. It's the mm -hmm. card I'm most sad to see go, and I I used to replace it with uh, Umisawa's Chitter, and I will probably come up with a list that once again has Umisawa's Chitter, because that's the single card that has won me the most games over the last couple of months. Um, it's but yeah. something had to go for Abrupt Decay in the main deck, so we cut Crop Rotation and Seven Library. But if you don't want to play Crop Rotation, you should definitely play um, Umisawa's Chitter and Seven Library in the main. Okay. Great. All right. All right. Uh, well, uh, if there's nothing else as far as just kind of how to do it, let's let's pull up some sample hands and and talk about keep or mode. Yeah. And uh, t Drew, do you, do you want to do um, chaos elves or, or or the old natural order elves? Uh, well, I've got I've got uh, chaos elves well, in front well, of me, that, so let's, I, let's let's spin that. I, wheel. I can and will talk about natural order elves for days, but uh, we, we 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 don't have Julian here for days. <laughs> that's very that's very true. Okay, so uh, first. Uh, Internet-generated sample hand. And this is unfortunately coming off of that 58-card list. So they're, it's probably a little off. There are no virtual arrangers, but it should be close enough for practical purposes. Um, so we have Ren's Run Packmaster, Glimpse of Nature, Cavern of Souls, Pendle Haven, Gaia's Cradle, Query Ranger, Vernet Catacombs. Okay. I'm actually lying out my deck in front of me. So once again, we got Packmaster, we got Query Ranger, we got... Glimpse, Glimpse is over here. And four lands. Four which lands? Cavern, Pendlehaven, Cradle, and Effect. So a good selection of lands, but Yeah. To me it sounds like a mulligan. I mean I, you've got I think it is. You only get one creature and a and a glimpse and then a four drop. Uh it depends on the matchup. Like if you don't know the matchup I would Yeah, this is we're saying game one, you're on you don't know what your opponent's The thing got. is I would probably keep it because I hate mulligan I really hate mulliganing. Um Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> and like elves It could be worse, it's not unplayable. It's just you could draw into some great stuff. Here. You will draw into some great stuff because you got like random yeah. demonic tutor every turn. You, you will, like I say, every visionary yeah. is a random demonic tutor, the the Eros throws your draw stuff. No, seriously, like if I'm on a draw, I think that hand is okay. Because you always have to value it against a random six card hand, and every hand you yeah. draw with elves has a very high percentage of, like, comparab comparably against other decks, of having to mulligan. So if you mulligan yeah. this, and then you have to mulligan your six to five, your five is probably going to be worse than this, uh, like, quite a lot. Okay. And yeah. Okay. All right. I'll be, it, okay. That's same, fair. The same problem we talked about uh, on the last episode, just that there are relatively few mana sources that work on turn one in this deck. So... You know, if your opening hand only has Gaia's Cradle and no other land, you're in trouble. So, uh, yeah, I, that's kind of where I'm at. Where I I would probably keep it and be sad. I think. Yeah, it's it's not a great it's not a great hand, but yeah, maybe it's a keep. Okay, all right. Next next uh, sample hand: Gaia's Cradle, Quarian Ranger, Deathrite Shaman, two Abrupt Decays, a Windswept Heath, and a Bayou. Keep. Oh. Yeah. I'm so bad at imagining this in my head. I'm actually putting it together well, in my hand. And the well, okay. yeah, we are also speaking a different language. So you, oh, that doesn't really matter. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay well, yeah. see, for oh, me, it would be impossible. I, I've taken years of studying one specific other language, and I... I, I nope, I got nothing. I, it but is not a skill at, that I have. But you didn't start at age 9 or something, I guess. True. Yeah, it probably True. Yeah. Okay, so I've got this card fanned out, uh, this hand fanned out, and it's quite good. Like, it depends on the matchup, of course. Like, it heavily depends on the matchup. Again, but this is supposing you yeah. don't know what your opponent plays. If I don't know what my opponent plays, I would right? probably play, uh, 
I want to play the Quirion Ranger, but the thing is, if he's playing Reanimator or some kind of fast storm deck, I really want a Deathrite Shaman, so I would leave with Deathrite Death Shaman. Shaman. Yeah. But you probably put, yeah, you probably play Deathrite Shaman turn yeah. one. Uh, and maybe it gets killed, but that's not the worst it, thing that could happen. If it gets here. killed, then it's probably one of the decks that you don't care, that you don't need it as much about. You know, it, re- that's true, right. Reanimator's not going to have Source of Plowshares, so... So yeah, yeah I mean, that, okay. I, I'm glad that you're saying keep and Deathrite Shaman turn one are what you would do, since that was my my gut reaction. That's one thing. I I played enough Natural Order Elves, I have a general feel for it, but different deck, different strategies, and also I have not done as much with it, um, so I can't tell you why all the time. And, <laughs> and then and then I'm probably also wrong a lot. All right. Okay. So one one here's another one. Okay. Um, this one this one is I'm interested to see what you guys what you guys think because this one seems. I, I, I really have no idea. Um, so we have Deathrite Shaman, Reclamation Sage, Elvish Visionary, Packmaster, Metal Sentinel, Scavenging Use, Bayou. <laughs> and there's a Reclamation Sage somewhere in here. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just made you find a bunch oh, of there it, is. it was hiding under the shaman. <laughs> yeah, this okay. end is fine. I like it. It's... You keep the you keep a one lander yeah. <laughs> with a with a bayou. If you're, if you're not keeping one lander off of the house, you're, you're. Oh yeah, okay. no. Elf likes one land hands. I just like I like my one land being a fetch land so that my deathrite shaman will be live, and then that, that's that's the only reason why I'm still giving it thought. Yeah, but the problem I have with the sand is that reclamation sage and runs on Packmaster are probably you have two high drop. Yeah, but the thing is, if you're on the draw once again, you've got two draws until you actually need to find a land. Uh, right. Maybe you don't even need to find a land, because if your opponent uses a fetch land and doesn't clear their threat, then you can play Visionary, and that will that, probably draw a land, sure. and then you play Wild Wild you yet another card. Like, and I, and I, if, they, if they wasteland your Bayou, well, now there's lands in graveyards, at least. Yeah. Like, right. if they do wasteland my Bayou, I'm still kind of in a rough spot, and especially, like, when Elves leads with turn one Bayou into their threat, and you have a way to, like, force a field of death right, and you have a wasteland, you will always, like, force a field of death right, because playing the bayou signals weakness, and, yeah, I mean, I'm... Yeah, if you could force the death right and then play wasteland... I'd be uh, much happier yeah. about the sand if the death right champion was a Korean ranger, but it's still okay. On the yeah. draw, I will always keep it. On the play, I will still... Pro- yeah, I would definitely keep it uh, against an unknown opponent. Uh, yeah. That's one thing which you okay. can tell me if I'm wrong. You know, elves, elves mulligans hard. Like the idea of you know it, it, it often hits effectively no land hands. But the questions on whether or not to keep largely come down to do you have a land that makes mana turn one and do you have something to play on turn one? It, it seems like the questions on whether or not to mulligan are a little bit more straightforward than in some decks. Is that is that correct or am I just not thinking about it hard enough? Um, it depends. Like in a, a couple of combo decks, it's very straightforward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, I would say you can... Nah, nah. <laughs> I, I think it's not as straightforward in Fs. No, so, sometimes okay. I, I really have to think a lot about it. But okay. overall, I'm, I'm quite risk-happy, so most of the hands I keep are somewhat borderline. Like, I, uh, I remember playing against Canadian Threshold, and I knew my opponent wasn't Canadian. I kept six lands in a death right. Uh, which probably a lot of people would probably mulligan, but I think that hand is actually quite good. And I was on the draw, I have to mention. Yeah. Like, being on the okay. play or on the draw heavily influences the way I play it. I've, or the, which hands I keep. Yeah. Okay. okay. Especially since you know you're I mean, probably going to draw a... Uh, you know, your odds of drawing a non-land card are, are 
even better than in a lot of decks. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm yeah. more than happy to, to keep enough mana, especially in the draw, because there's quite a lot of... Like, the deck doesn't look like it, but there's quite a lot of business that you can hit. Now, how much mm-hmm. would you ever keep a hand that doesn't have a turn one play at all? Um, <clears throat> it depends on the matchup, of course. Like, let's put these corner cases like Storm or where you have to turn to Gatotik or whatever aside. Um, I... Still do that. I do it more when I have a uh, seven library because that's my preferred two drop when I don't have a turn one drop. But mm-hmm. I still do. Like sometimes there's hands. I think one of our previous hands had the Korean Ranger. Uh, I think the very first hand. I would actually not play a creature on the very first turn. Oh yeah, that was the four land hand with the three creatures and, and Korean Ranger. Yeah. I would actually just play a fetch land and pass. And then depending on what my opponent plays or not, I would either fetch Stride Arbor or just keep it there so I could get like somebody out of Glimpse probably on the third turn. And yeah, so I definitely do that. It doesn't happen a lot. And most of the time when I don't play uh, something on the first turn, people immediately comment on it. Like they're they're like, oh, wow. Uh, Because they recognize that I should probably have a turn one play. But especially when it comes to like getting better value of your Glimpses, uh, I sometimes rather fetch a dried arbor than play an elf. Yeah, okay. Good to know. Great. Well, I, I think we are at about time. Is there anything else about elves that you want to talk about before we wrap up? Uh, yes, please, please, Wizards of the Coast, print uh, the uh, Lanova elves that has reached. That's all I want for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. I'd like that. Crystal Brent would also like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Drew, do you have a band card of the day? I do. The band card of the day today is Skull Clamp. Uh, this is it's a it's an equipment. Cost one has equips for one. Equip creature gets plus one minus one, and whenever it dies, draw two cards. Has a downside. Um, it makes it weaker. It has to die. <laughs> this sounds terrible. I, yeah. I'm going to throw this in a precon so that people will know it's not any good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was this was printed in the original Mirrodin block back when equipment was new and wizards maybe didn't know what they were doing with that <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, this would go in elves, right? I mean, you could just kind of like <laughs> chain yeah. them and just channel yeah, your would. dudes into draws. Yeah, I mean, it's like you have to sack your creatures, I guess. But I mean, it's just like glimpse that you just keep, keep to keep, get to keep recasting it's over insane. and over and over again. I, I played it in Vintage. Yeah. Like, I yeah. played against Oath, and I was like, oh my god, I can never play a creature. Well, you don't need to. You just kill them on the same turn that you play your first creature, because uh, that right. card is just stupidly good. Right. Everything is just Ancestral Recall. It's, Did you yeah, know that it, Wizards of the Coast was actually, uh, like, when they first came up with equipments, um, they made it to equip at instant speed. Like, you could always... Instantly yeah. <laughs> really? I, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. now, my trivia is, this didn't used to have minus one. It used to be just plus one, plus zero, or something like... Or may, maybe plus one, plus one, I forget. Um, and they added that as a downside. Did we mention they <laughs> yeah, didn't know what they were good. doing? <laughs> yeah. The, 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 Oops, tokens Yeah, exist. well, and the, the fact that it basically, you know, it, if it were just like plus one, plus zero... I mean, it's debatable whether that would be banned, because then you'd need a sacrifice outlet, or you'd have to have a die in combat or something, you know. This, just have one toughness creatures, and it fuels itself. Hey, pay one mana, draw two cards. It's pretty good, it turns out. 
sell. Yeah, yeah. That it's repeatable hard drive, drive makes it super interesting because then you would still play four and the card right. would actually not be bad in multiples. Like you would put a couple of them on your creature and if your opponent ever dies, you draw seven cards, let's say six cards. <laughs> yeah, right. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Kill it, I dare yeah. you, right. Hey, the t- I just lowered the toughness for you. Don't you want to bolt it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm. I, I, I like it All very right. much. All right, Julian. Well, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, at itsjulian23. You can um, come to my Twitch channel where I just started streaming again for a bit. Um, it's twitch.tv slash itsjulian. Uh, you can go to my website or slash blog, which is itsjulian.com. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it, I guess. Wonderful. You can also like visit me at my home, but I'm not going to disclose my address here. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> I, I will walk. It'll be tough. <laughs> you can find us, as always, on www.legacyweapon.com. You can reach me at jamie7keller uh, at legacyweapon.com uh, or on Twitter. Uh, Drew is MTG Drew Walton. Uh, I say that because he sometimes just forgets and stumbles. <laughs> we are also hosted on CardConfidence.com and MTGCast.com. If you have any other interest in those, we like them. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about, Drew? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, remember, until next time, Gaius Cradle is the best legacy weapon. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. But uh, we have taken to doing two-part deck decks um, because yep. we realize there's just we Too we are doing one shot. Yeah, well, because we're also doing introduction. We're one really hard not. Oh, Jamie, your audio. What? Okay, hold on, hold on. All right, is it better now? Right now, yes. Okay, <laughs> I think it's fine. No, okay. we we have a running problem with my audio, and I yes. assume it's just that the internet in my town it's is like terrible. Like a theme of the of the show. Well, uh, if the theme is we have to re-record, um, and hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I told you, Deathrite Shaman is cursed. <laughs>